This is exactly right. Astrology provides me a framework for understanding why we are the way that we are, not just reflected back on our own selves, but at the world at large. It helps us to have more compassion for other people when someone's mind works differently than yours or when someone is um, attracted to a different aesthetic. A lot of times those things will show up in the chart. Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives while striving to be the best versions of ourselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, With increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is Family Astrology with our guest, Catherine Urban. With over 12 years of astrological immersion, Catherine Practice is steeped in classical and humanistic techniques. Specializing in forecasting, she empowers her clients to become alchemists of their own charts while gaining confidence and clarity on their path. Additionally, she studies familial dynamics and how shared traits are reflected in the astrological charts of family members. Catherine is the mama of one with one on the way, And she is the author of your astrological cookbook, The Perfect Recipe for Every Sign. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Dan. Happy to be here. So good to see you again, everyone. Catherine and I know each other because she gave me a wonderful, enlightening reading about about a month ago, maybe? About a month ago, which which is still lifting me up. Um, as I try to make sense of my place in the universe and uh, where I've been and where I'm going. And after that conversation, I was just so excited to reach out to you and ask if you would come on the show to share your wisdom with our audience who um, I know will benefit. Oh, I am humbled and delighted. (laughs) So tell us about your road to becoming an astrologer, especially you were no, you were that, as I read, you were that astrology girl, like this starts early for you. Indeed. Yes, it does. So my road to astrology, it began as basically a preteen reading horoscope columns in the back of those teen beat magazines and realizing that there was something to this. I was I was intrigued. I was interested. So I bought my first book on sun sign astrology, which also had my moon sign and my Venus sign when I was about 12 years old. Come to find out later that this is actually pretty common. Um, there's, there's a planetary cycle happening at this age of 12. Um, it's a Jupiter return. This planet is associated with expanding our worldview. Um, it's usually around this age of 12 that we start to become more aware of our place in the world or in the universe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's when it, that's when it found me. And 
it wasn't until I moved to New York in about 2007 that I met all these other astrologers who made a lifestyle out of it. And I Mm -hmm. realized that that was available to me. And I just, I dove in, I completely dove in, but you know, in, in the larger scope of what it's meant for me, I think astrology is a set of tools and techniques that reflects ourselves back to us. It's, it's one of those, um, systems that is very affirming of our individuality. So a lot of people, um, no matter how old you are, where you are in your life, when they find astrology, they're usually in a place um, of seeking um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like information about like, why are we the way that we are? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that attracts so many to astrology. And in my experience, the affirming is a great word. In my experience of having readings, I am so, it, it's so put at ease. There isn't like a right or a wrong. There isn't, uh, it, it, there's not this pathology, this, um, it, it's all part of the story, right? It's all, it's a very, um, not, it seems to me a very non-judgmental process and science, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love how you phrase that, Dr. Dan. Yeah, it, it is. And I think one of the things that has helped me as, as as a person in life and as an astrologer is astrology provides me a framework for understanding why we are the way that we are, not just reflected back on our own selves, but at the world at large. It helps us to have more compassion for other people Mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. um, when someone's mind works differently than yours, or when someone is, um, attracted to a different aesthetic, a lot of times those things will show up in the chart. <laughs> yes. And, um, if only we all could understand this information because I'm, the concepts all resonate with me and the amount of details I, I'm just, I was even, I was reading your blogs and the amount of detail in, in, in the returns and the risings and the, um, the retrogrades, which I want to talk to you about, you know, those retrogrades that everyone is like, Oh no, but it's much more than that. How does your brain was it ever hard for your brain to remember all of these details and concepts? So it's taken years. It's taken years. I know that's one of the challenges. Um, a lot of new astrologers, we go through this, quote, obsessive phase mm-hmm. where we want to know it all. And no matter how many books you read, like you're, you're just simply not going to retain it all until mm-hmm. you put it into practice. It takes time, just like just like anything else, just like probably in your line of work or in someone else's, it, it takes years to really um, have a solid grasp. And also your, your understanding of the framework and the tools are going to continue to grow. So mm-hmm. yeah, in reference to what you were saying, sun sign astrology is truly only the gateway. There mm-hmm. is, we are never done learning. Yeah, we are. We astrologers, we are we are all still students. We are never done learning. (laughs) 
I do remember, um, it, it, to your point, it takes a long time to do whatever we do to start seeing all the patterns emerge and for it to start being very, from going from being very conscious um, and purposeful to much more natural and flow. And I remember having this one male client and I'd gotten to know him for a few sessions. And then I said, I said, let me just take a stab at what's going on in your life right now and tell you a little about what I think about some of your characteristics and some of your choices. And, and I just started to, you know, so to speak, profile. And now I've learned it's really also a little bit of channeling at times, too, because I'm very intuitive in the work. And I, I just rattled this off. And I because, again, because I had enough of the relationship with him. I said, so so just tell me how much of this resonates. He's like his mouth was just open. He said, man. I thought I was such a unique human being and you just like called me out and like comment on all this stuff that's going on in my life. And I said, you are unique. It's just, there's patterns that emerge. And I have a feeling that's a large part of what you do with this information. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A huge part of, um, studying and practicing astrology is understanding cycles. And you have a chart with your sun sign, your moon sign, your Venus sign, Jupiter, everything. And at various stages of your life, those placements are going to become activated. So for example, um, we have this planet Saturn and it travels around your chart about every 30 years, but we have something called the seven year itch, you know, that's something that we're familiar with in our culture, but that will apply to basically every, um, scenario. If you've been at a job seven years, if you've been at a job 14 years, if you've been at a job 28 years, that is Saturn interacting with that symbol in your chart. So, um, we do see repetition all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I know, and I know from, that's just so fascinating to me. I know from my readings, when you go back and you look at, oh, well, this, these are the dates or the years that there must have been major transitioning happening with you at work. And like, lo and behold, it's unbelievable. It's like unbelievable of like, whoa, that was the time we started this, or that was the time we had to transition into this. And it, it happens. It's re- <laughs> It's real. Yes. And and that's just one of the cycles. I often like to think about, um, there's a quote from Ram Das, mm-hmm. the spiritual yes. guru. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he has a very interesting chart, by the way, but he said throughout all of his years of meditation and, and seeking and, and spiritual practice, he said, you know, we, we, it's not that we transcend who we are. It's just, we get more practice dealing with these pieces and parts that we were born with something to Mm. that effect. That's not Mm. a, that's not a word for word quote, but that has always stuck with me and resonated with me in terms of this birth chart that we're born with. And we get to work with our entire life. It's, it's going to evolve in its expression as we live and grow. Hmm. Okay. That's comforting, right? So it's, so what, so what's the, what's the, what's expand on that that nugget there for us what so it's more about we learning who we are and learning who we are in this universe in this place and time 
Yeah. So um, our chart is we're we're born um, and the chart is basically a snapshot in time. Uh, however, time doesn't stop when we're born. Time keeps going. And as these different planets and placements in our cosmic blueprint, another mm-hmm. term I like to use for it is I like to think of our birth chart as like a roadmap for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it gets activated by these various cycles and transits, we're invited to that altar. We're invited to that threshold of um, spending like more intentional energy and focus on what those planets and, and pieces represent in our life. And so as we move through life, we're going to return to those areas and our expression and our relationship will evolve. Mm. I like to think of, I like to think of, again, with their birth chart as a blueprint for our life. A lot of my clients, they want to know if they're living their purpose. And my viewpoint on the whole thing is that if, as long as you are embodying your chart, you are living your purpose. Granted, there are certain pieces and parts of our birth chart that feel more purposeful when we do them. But I feel as if, you know, we incarnated in this lifetime, in this body, at this epoch for a reason. And our purpose is to live out our natal charts to some degree. I love the idea of a blueprint and roadmap. Love that idea. And you said, if we are embodying our chart. So as a listener out there, they're like, how, how does one embody that? What does that mean? How do you embody your chart? So for example, if you have your midheaven, your career point in Aries, there's going to be something within you that knows that you need to be independent in the way that you work. Or maybe you're an Aries sun or you're an Aries moon. There's something about independence that is really, really strong for you. So at a certain point, you may realize, oh, I I should probably work for myself. Then you're living that embodiment of your chart. There's a lot of people, you know, we study celebrity charts and it's just remarkable how they, they have no knowledge of their chart. They may have no knowledge of their chart, but they are living it out so literally. Mm. And it's, it's just, it's astounding. I'm in awe when I see that. Do you feel that people like what's the, if so, so a lot of people don't know their charts, right? So a lot of people don't know what it is unless you actually have a reading or you've studied it yourself. What would you say, is there a visceral feeling of, or feelings of not living your chart? So when people know they're, you know, my terminology, I'd say not in alignment, you know, how, how do people recognize this? Cause to me, for those listening, I think this would be a, a great, trigger to learn more about your chart if you're having some of these feelings. Yes. So that feeling of not being in alignment, that can come from several different angles. Um, Usually we'll be able to figure that out. Usually we'll be able to figure out where that's coming from. Sometimes people feel out of alignment because yes, maybe it's what time it is, is to step into, um, 
living out this symbol in your chart in, in a new way. And there can be resistance to that. Sometimes not living in alignment means, yeah, not living in integrity with your values. Those mm-hmm. values are probably showing up in your chart. Also, maybe the tendency to be in, in conflict might show up in your chart. For example, I, I frequently run into people who say, I'm a Leo, but I do not feel like a Leo. Upon further investigation, we, we may see that Leo sun in a configuration with another planet that might negate that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Leos are, are known for their shine, for their generosity, for their vibrance. But, you know, if that sun is in a square to Saturn, there may be some hesitance to shine. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. that may be where that sort of comes from, too. When we see the relationship between these different planets, that can describe an inner conflict. And that's where this that's where the more that I've learned about astrology, I just have such appreciation for all of the interactions and the subtleties, because this layperson's astrology, you know, people say, Oh wait, you're a Gemini. You don't seem to have two personalities. I'm like, what? I don't like you know. Like, there's just the, what you read on the back of a I don't know cereal box sort of thing um, versus all of these layers. Um, do you are there certain things that you look at because it's so complex? Are there are there three or four? I don't want to oversimplify this, but main indicators that you look at when you're trying to get one of these like quick reads on people to kind of put them, you know, kind of profile what you're, what you're looking at? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there, back in the day, it was very common for folks to just know their sun sign. Yeah. Very easy to look that one up. Nowadays, thanks to technology, astrology apps, uh, it's much more common for folks to know their big three. And the big three are going to be your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign, also known as your ascendant. And these three pieces make up a huge portion of our personality and character. And a lot of people get confused between the rising sign and the sun sign in terms of which one is more important or which one might describe you better. Because some people do resonate with their rising sign more than their sun sign. And the thing is, is that they're both equally important. They are both equally important. So those are the big three that we tend to look for in astrology. Mm. And how about, I've learned more and more about um, north nodes and south nodes, which I have found very helpful to me in my daily life when I, if I feel I'm being pulled into my south node that I've been doing for several iterations and probably lifetimes versus my North node where I'm aspiring. My soul is aspiring to be, I find that very helpful. Oh yeah. That's one of those placements that we were sort of alluding to earlier around when someone wants to know what their purpose is. A lot of times we do need to talk about that nodal axis and what's going on there. The South node will often describe what's familiar to us, mm-hmm. the memories and imprints. Cause you know, if we are under the the pretense that we've had other lifetimes, we've had thousands of them. And so that south node is really going to describe not just one past life, but the strongest form of imprint that is sort of informing this lifetime. 
And then that North node is where we're often, uh, there are exceptions, but often encouraged to get out of our comfort zone and do something brave. So yeah, that North node is often a huge point of fulfillment for people when they start to explore that. Mm -hmm. I'm struck by the idea of alchemy and how you talk about helping people become an alchemist in their own lives. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So the alchemist piece comes from the idea that we do have autonomy, the idea that we do have free will, the idea that this wheel on a piece of paper isn't predetermining our every move in this lifetime. So to be an alchemist of our chart, we're going to talk about those configurations in your natal chart, the ones that are easy and flowing and and offering all sorts of gifts and talents our way. We're also going to talk about those challenges because often with those challenges, we have choices. We have choices over how that energy gets to show up in our life. Mm -hmm. And so to be an alchemist, we can work with our natal chart. We can talk about that energy. We can shine light on that energy. And it's often through awareness of ourselves, of our tendency, that then we feel like we have, we we can change it. You know, we talk about parenting. I do have a Mm two-year-old and, you know, naming our emotions it's such a key component through navigating some of those big emotions, just naming what's happening in the charter. Like you said, with, with your client, just naming it, Mm -hmm. it illuminates it in a way that we feel like we have a little bit more choice over how we steer that. The same thing is when I'm telling someone about their forecast, what's ahead. Mm -hmm. We, the way I like to compare it is, I'm telling you that spring is coming. I'm telling you that it's a seed planting time in your life. Or I'm telling you that winter is coming. It's time to hunker down and conserve that energy. Mm-hmm. And those are just metaphors for all the different things that life can bring. But I'm telling you what the weather is. And then we can be prepared for right. what's to come. And I love the notion of choice. Um, and I think that's just so important for us humans to feel that we have choice because when we are, when we feel we don't have choice or we are trapped, it, um, it results with a lot of distress, uh, both, um, in our thinking and in our feelings and in our body. And, um, this is a roadmap. So there's an astrological roadmap, but it is not destiny as you point out like so we know that we know that spring is coming and it might be time to start tilling the soil and to plant but we're not no one's telling you what to plant or necessarily how to plant like there there is free will like so t- what's this what's what does astrology think about the difference between free will and destiny gosh it is a debate as old as time um <laughs> So when astrology became a really solid system thousands of years ago in ancient Greece, the popular mindset was stoicism, Mm -hmm. to love one's fate. Back then, our life was a lot short. Our lifespan was a lot Mm -hmm. shorter. 
we had less options for the direction of our life than we do today. So today, I do believe we have so many more choices. But the thing is, is that with some of these astrological techniques, the way that they sometimes line up, it it leaves a lot of us wondering how much is really in control mm-hmm. in our, in our control and how much is is part of the the grand plan ultimately we're humbled cuz no one really knows no one really has the answers to these big questions no one really knows how astrology even really works all we know is that it does work <laughs> yeah yeah it's sort of like when um different readers who didn't know what i did until we started talking would say yeah, I would say based on your chart, um, you're definitely in the helping profession. I'd be like, oh, gosh, was it that obvious? You know, it's like, was that, did I have a choice in that? Or was that a pull? And and even if it was a pull, a pull, there's, me- there's meaning and purpose. And then the question becomes, are we living in purpose based on what our chart is telling us or what we were pulled to do? Or as we are you know, looking to your services of, hey, this doesn't feel right. Can you help um, me understand my chart to know what my choices are that might be more aligned with my with my place in the cosmos? Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think those are some of the things that sort of attune us to seek, to seek understanding is just, who knows? Yeah, mm-hmm. there may be signatures in your chart that point toward the helping profession. But, you know, you think, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that and still been in a helping profession. But then you go back and you look at what was going on in your chart at the those key moments that led you to exactly where you are now. And you wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But the important thing is you know, we do have choices every day, um, whether those are predetermined or not, right? right? We do. And so um, that's one thing I like to empower people to do in, in our sessions is to say, you know, rain is coming. Do we want to bring our umbrella or what What do we want to do? Do we want to dance in the rain? Right. How are we going to do this? Jump in the puddles. Yes. <laughs> So when did familial astrology become a thing? Oh, gosh. For me, right away. Because once I started to study my chart, I started to study my family's charts. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that there were patterns. I noticed that there were definite patterns. And I, I was curious, does this, is this normal? Does this show up for other people? Or am I this anomaly? Of course, I wasn't. Of mm-hmm. course, this is very common. Um, I Actually, it's one of the specialized readings that I offer for folks is to do a family reading. And we can look at, yeah, whoever whoever's in your little unit there. We can look at all the, all the charts. And it's fun. It's fun to identify the patterns. It's, it's fun <laughs> to see who gets what traits from who. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's such a it's such a rich field of study, and I think it deserves more attention. Um, 
because there's, yeah, there's so many different variables. Like for example, you could inherit a placement from a parent and maybe the quality that that is, is representing. For example, my father and I share the same moon placement to the same degree out of 360 degrees in the Zodiac. Our moons are within two degrees of one another. And our moon tells us about our emotional nature, how we act when we're under emotional distress, how we act when we're tired, when we're hangry, when, when we, yeah, when, when just our environment is not to the, our liking, that is our moon sign. And so I inherited that from my father. We mm-hmm. act the same way when we're in a corner <laughs> and <laughs> we have a very similar nature. Um, my brother inherited his moon from my mother and they are n- not exactly alike, but they do each have a way of creating beauty wherever they go. They're both, they both have sort of cultivated this beautiful personal world that sort of radiates into their environment and to others. My brother plays music, my mother gardens. And yeah, so it's interesting to see how these traits get passed on because often it's not a carbon copy, mm-hmm. but understanding that the essence is similar. And this is another way of understanding the dynamics you have with these very important people in your life. Um, and I imagine it's it's knowing what signs you share, knowing what signs are or what placements are compatible. I'm sure some are more compatible than others, which could help explain maybe why there's some tension or miscommunication or misunderstanding with certain individuals in a family. Oh, definitely. And tension can show up both from similarity. Oddly enough, Mm -hmm. my father and I have had our times, you Mm -hmm. know, we have the same essence, but it's like, you know, often opposites attract, often opposites are complementary. So it is possible to see tension arise from too much similarity because like twins, there is this desire to differentiate. Mm-hmm. And speaking to what you were saying, Dr. Dan, yes, there very often are configurations between family members that can produce tension. For example, if one child's Mars squares another parent's moon, oh, they're they're probably gonna they're probably gonna get on each other's nerves a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's other aspects that help remedy that and smooth that over. Um, so that's always interesting to look at and understand from that angle. When I can't remember what age our kids were when um, my wife started to do deeper dives into this world and learn more about our kids' placements. And it was so helpful that we just, you know, we were happy to have our, our and we're happy to have the information. And we also wished we would have had it earlier. Like some of looking back of different behaviors or different um developmental phases and so many of them 
first of all, regular child development, but also made sense with who they were and their placements. And to have that information to just be like, oh, yeah, that's, a, you know, that's a Taurus. And, you know, that's a, they tend to do this. And, oh, that makes sense. Versus that always that what's going on and why are they doing this? And why is this a challenge? It just seems like such a useful, uh, it's such useful information. It is. It is. And uh, yeah, there are some astrologers who don't want to look at their children's chart right away because they want to let the child's essence emerge organically without their projection, without their judgment. So don't feel bad that you didn't that you didn't know sooner. Or you might be someone like me who Oh gosh, my friends make fun of me for this. I looked at my daughter's chart as soon as she was born. As yeah, soon as she I, was I, born. I, I would have been that I would have been like that. Yeah. But, you know, I already had the cosmic clock in my head. So as I was like watching the clock, um, I had a 30-hour labor, by the mm. way. Mm. And so I was watching the clock and I knew what sign was rising at that moment. So it wouldn't have been a secret to me. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I looked at her chart right away and what I would say to parents, because a lot of parents do this and and they get nervous because Dr. Dan, like, as you probably know, there are no perfect charts and there are no perfect people. No. And so our charts are going to have really awesome things going on in their makeup and they are going to have challenges. So for a parent who loves their child, wants to protect their child, wants the best for their child, of course, we're going to have some level of fear when we see a challenging placement Mm -hmm. in our child's chart. And so what I always encourage parents to do is to behold your child's chart with curiosity of what this divine being is going to do with Mm -hmm. this, with this cosmic blueprint. Cause some of those placements are, are yours or your partners. Some of those placements are original. Not all of our placements get inherited. Some of them are totally unique to who they are. And so be curious over how that chart, how this little being is going to create their own life. That's, that seems really important to keep this, the curiosity as you, as you've said. And we know that with parenting comes a lot of worries. Um, people who, people who were warriors before kids often describe themselves as increased warriors. I know many people who were not warriors before kids and they're like, how did I become such a warrior? And these days, there's lots of different things to think about. It is a complex world uh, that we're raising kids in. That's an unknown future, and and yet, how do we keep that open mind of all of the possibilities that are out there for ourselves, for our kids, and how we can use the knowing the blueprint to enhance our our parenting as opposed to what's the word it'd be enhance it as opposed to over control it or yeah. limit it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, using it as sort of like a guiding light mm-hmm. and yeah, like I, I am in awe of, of my daughter who is a Taurus and she's always been a good eater. 
She's always been a good eater uh, and a, a pretty good sleeper too when she's not teething. And I just, I love seeing her Libra moon come to life. Her Libra moon has always been a good sharer. Her Libra moon, if, if she has an empty spot on her little plate, she wants something in there because balance is important to her. And so I just, I'm in awe of watching her placements come to life and yeah, using it as like a, a guiding post, like, you know, what might she be interested in? Like, I might think with some of those placements, she may be interested in food. She may be interested in art. She may be interested in working with other people one day. Um, and so knowing that I can sort of say, Hey, like, would you maybe be interested in trying this? Or this might be something that you might have fun doing. Um, and yeah, so just being curious, but also just using those placements as sort of inspiration or guidance without trying to force her into them mm -hmm. either. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about um, listeners who are really are already inclined, um, towards astrology and into astrology or are really interested in, and then there's the concern about a partner who doesn't really believe in this stuff. Um, and, um, very skeptical at, at minimum to more, um, impassioned. What, what do you, I imagine you come across couples, all the time with different levels of understanding, openness, and acceptance. What? How do you manage that? And what do you recommend to those, those couples? So I think that it can be challenging being in a, in a relationship, you know, when you don't have the same worldview or the same spiritual view, it's a, it's a challenge, but then again, that could show up in their astrology. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So on one hand, I try to understand it through that lens, but also I'm not offended if someone doesn't resonate with astrology. This mm -hmm. is, this is an option. This is a tool set. It's not for everyone. Not everyone is going to resonate with it. Uh, just like someone else's practice may not resonate with me. So I'm never trying to force anyone to believe astrology. But what I will say is that a lot of people actually find their way to this path as skeptics. There's been, a, there's a lot of my colleagues mm -hmm. who, who read a book to try to disprove it. And they're now brilliant astrologers. So nice. Nice. <laughs> I like that. So you never know, you never know what you might stumble upon and what you might be open to, you know, be open. Yeah. So there are so many things astrology is used for and what, um, and in your work, uh, re relationship dynamics, familial astrology, um, perspective and meaning. And uh, one that really is of interest to me is, um, is it horary orary? Horary astrology. Horary astrology. And you, um, it, as leading into that for you to teach us about that, I loved what, um, what you wrote about recently about one of what your teachers told you about this, which is one should never ask a question until one is truly ready to know the answer. Yes. So this is an ancient form of astrology. It's been making a little bit of a comeback 
And horary astrology is the art of asking a question. So for example, if you want to know, will I get the job? Well, when I look at what's going on in your birth chart, I might see that career is a big focus, but I don't know if you're going to get this job, maybe a different job. I don't know. So if you are asking about this particular job, I can cast a chart to answer that question. And yeah, but <laughs> as you were referring to, it's it's advisable not to answer ask the question until you are truly ready to know because these charts, believe it or not, do work. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why they've been in practice for thousands of years. And we can actually get pretty specific with them. And actually, this form of astrology is very useful for folks who don't know their birth time. There's a lot of people mm. who their birth time wasn't recorded or due to adoption or immigration, those records were lost. So horary astrology is an excellent option to work with astrology to answer big questions in life without knowing your birth chart. Mm. It's it's divination. It's it's like pulling a tarot card. And um, this this on a personal experience, you had a personal experience with this recently, which is pretty exciting. Oh, I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the full story is, is written on my blog, but just briefly. Yeah. I, I, I had wanted to know, well, I have a second child and it was a big debate in my house. And, um, my husband was pretty firm on just having one. And, um, yeah, so I started to accumulate all my daughter's things that she grew out of, it started to just fill her closet. And I got to the point where I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't wanted to ask the horary up until this point. I didn't really want to get a no answer. I wasn't prepared to get a no answer at that point. But finally, I got to this point where I was like, am I just retaining all this stuff in her closet to make me sad every time I open it? Or do I need to just get rid of it once and for all? So I had what we call the horary moment where you get like this burning need to know question. And so I was like, I need to know now. And I cast the chart and it seemed to tell me that I was already pregnant, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was impossible at that time. But a week later, I took a test and lo and behold, here we are on baby number two. And we're all we're all happy. We're all very happy about it. (laughs) But yeah, this baby is going to be an Aquarius like my husband. So there you go. Family astrology. There you go. You're living it. And it's it is interesting or fascinating, actually, that you had your moment when you were ready. Like, I mean, it was like you it came to you that you needed to know and you were then ready for the answer, which could have been, um, yeah, you're only going to have one. And prior as everyone read the blog, you'll learn more and you'll hear another story in that blog as well, that you had to be ready to hear that, yeah, there might just be one so you can move on. Precisely. Yeah. Because sometimes people want to know, you know, am am I going to fall in love? Um, And what they're, where that place is coming from, where that question is coming from is that they do want to be in love. Mm -hmm. So to, to ask that question, um, I always recommend to use a time frame. Am I going to fall in love in the next two years? Mm-hmm. And then that way it leaves the door open. 
if should that answer be no, you're not going to fall in love in the next two years, that it's possible to fall in love two years from there. So yeah, you really, and it doesn't mean that you can't fall in love with yourself or something awesome that you've got going on. It doesn't mean that life can't be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I think just being ready to hear whatever the chart may say is an important piece of working with that method. Okay, Catherine, I think I have several more questions in my mind and on my paper here, but we need to go to the parent footprint moment question. I'm ready. Okay. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual, as a parent, or even an awareness of your own parents, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your own life your child and or those you love? Yes. So I do just have to shout out my grandmother. My grandmother always made me feel seen, Mm -hmm. always made me feel special, always listened and entertained my wild ideas as a child. But I think the thing that's really coming to my mind as you're asking me this, Dr. Dan, is that point of recognizing your parents as people, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, my father and I, we spent a lot of my teenage years, button heads. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my twenties. And this is, this is a point in astrology around your Saturn return around the age of 28, when you really do start to see your parents as people. And that's when a huge threshold of healing began to take place and mend our relationship is that I realized, you know, our parents are human. We, it's, it's sort of like, I shouldn't put pressure on him to be perfect because none of us are. So that was one way that astrology actually helped to facilitate that big realization. And, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it won't take too long for my kids to see that too. <laughs> no, just about 20 more years. Catherine. That's all <laughs> Yep, <laughs> right around the corner. Saturn yes. term, but we can yes. wait for that. We can yeah, wait for that. <laughs> you can wait. There's a lot of other phases coming. Good, wonderful phases coming your way. We'll enjoy them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, and thank you for sharing about your grandmother, um, grandparents. Uh, it's, that's the wisdom, the wisdom and the love that uh, grandparents bring at a time in life when the relationships with their grandkids often look very different than the relationships with their own kids just because of their different phase in life. And I think grandparents are so, so important. Magic. Yeah. Tell us where everyone could not only find all of your offerings, but also your book and give us a little snapshot of your book as well. Yeah. So I am um, the former horoscope columnist for Bon Appetit magazine. So we used to do tasty food horoscopes every month. And from that came um, the opportunity to write a book, your astrological cookbook. And that is going to give you recipes for every sign of the Zodiac. And you can, Um, follow those recipes for your signs. You can also follow that book through the seasons of the year, the different Zodiac seasons of the year. So there's an intersection, which tells you all the ways that you could use that. 
Um, yeah. And where you can find me is my website, katherineurban.com. That's where you can book a reading, find that blog post we were talking about. Um, and I'm also on a lot of socials. I'm on YouTube and I'm on Instagram, Twitter at Astro Catherine. Sometimes I'm tweeting about being a parent and astrologer. <laughs> um, other times I'm forecasting about the weather. So that's where you can find me and keep up with what I'm up to. And as someone who has benefited from your services, everyone, um, you you will just be at calm and at ease when you look at Catherine, when you listen to Catherine, when you see her space, which is behind her. Um, I have said that it makes you feel at peace in the cosmos uh, talking to her. Aw, thank you, Dr. Dan. That's it, everyone. So much mystery and curiosity in the universe and so much possibility. And we have to keep remembering about the possibility and the, the different iterations and cycles of our lives and do your best to lean into them. We so appreciate your five-star reviews for being a part of our community for sharing this episode with everyone you think will benefit. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? Two things. Try to be the person you want your child to become and ask yourself the guiding question I ask myself each day. What footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.